Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson Dramatised by Yvonne Antrobus Yorkshire pudding's like firewood, Utterson. It warms you twice. Once when you eat it, and once when you walk it off. <laughs> we do seem to have come further than usual. Wait a minute. This courtyard. I've been here before. Well, there's a market here during the week, isn't there? It's very popular, I gather. Now, that's what I mean. You see that door in the old warehouse? Grim-looking place. <laughs> Surprised they haven't knocked it down. Doesn't exactly sit well amongst all the fresh paint and polished brass around it. It reminds me of a very unpleasant incident. I was walking home in the early hours. I'd been cleaned out of cards. Black winter it was, with nothing to be seen but iron lamps. Street after street of them. All lined up as if for a procession which no one had come to. And all around echoing like a church. I got to the point where I began to long for the sight of a policeman. And then... I saw two figures. One, a man, walking fast, very fast. And the other, a child, uh, a girl of about nine, running, running from the opposite direction. And Out of my way! No, no please, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, don't, don't hurt me. Don't, don't. My father's ill. I had to go for the doctor. What do I care? Uh, hey! Hey, you, sir! Have you gone mad? No. Have you... The child ran into me. No harm done. No harm? Are you all right? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. You monster. I saw you kicking her. You was kicking my child. Yeah, don't try and deny it. We saw you. Are you all right? Yes, I just... Yeah. So, you're the sort that enjoys kicking kiddies. I wonder if the boot was on the other foot. Yeah, yeah. coward. Yes. How you'd like being kicked in the guts. Ma please, please, madam. Please, all of you. Sir, I suggest you offer the child's mother some reparation. And if I don't, I shall make such a scandal that your name will stink all over London. Your threats don't impress me. Well, well how about some action, then? Yes, get... Wait. If you will choose to make capital out of an accident, how much? One hundred pounds. That's not reparation. It's extortion. One hundred pounds. All right. Thank you, sir. Right, if you'll excuse me. Hey, where's he going? And, sir, don't ask me to believe that this is where you live. I don't ask anything of you or if, of anyone. If you plan to escape through here, then let me... You do you... want your money, don't you? Well, it's not my money, but... but yes. Then let me get it. Suppose he don't come out again. I'll keep an eye on him. Well, suppose neither of them come out again. When's the doctor getting here? In the morning, he said... He'd have come quicker if he knew we had 100 pounds. Here you are. Ten sovereigns. And a cheque for the rest from Cootstrom, payable to the bearer. Uh, but the signature, this is not your name. It's quite genuine. You mean, you just walk through a door at four in the morning, come out with another man's cheque, and ask me to believe it's not a forgery? All right. I'll stay with you until the bank's open and cash it myself. I invited him to spend the rest of the night at my chambers, together with the child's mother, and we all went to Coote's first thing. I handed in the cheque, saying I suspected its validity. But not a bit of it. The signature was genuine. Whose was it? That's almost the worst bit. 
a very distinguished man. Not just that, a good man. Well known for works of charity and... So you don't want to tell me his name? <laughs> it's just that the cheque was obviously the result of blackmail. Payment for some youthful indiscretion. This drawer, it leads to what used to be the old dissecting room. Does it? Yes, I've just realised, and it must back onto the garden of one of the houses in the square under corner. Are you sure? But the square's so... Respectable. You were right not to tell me the name of the man who wrote the cheque. You don't, by any chance, know the name of the man who attacked the child. Hyde. Edward Hyde. Can you describe him? I'm not sure. This sounds strange, but when I think about him, I can't remember any of his features. Only that there was something wrong. In what way? He was deformed. I, I don't mean physically, not some misfortune. No, no. This was something you couldn't see, something twisted, something repellent. I've never met a man I dislike so much, and not just because of his treatment of the child. And he let himself in here with a key? Yes. Richard, I believe I know the name on the cheque. Because I'd had a key. Thank you, Susan. Mum. Right, then. Where are you going? To my study. You're not by any chance trying to avoid another beating at chess. <laughs> nothing could be further from my mind. Since you got back from your walk, nothing could have been further than your mind. Your cousin's gambling. Is it to do with that? What? I'm right. You look as though you've seen a ghost. No, Lucy, you're wrong. I've just seen a case in a new light. Richard particularly enjoyed the Yorkshire pudding, by the way. In the case of my decease, all my possessions are to pass into the ownership of my friend, Edward Hyde. In the case of my disappearance, the said Edward Hyde shall take over all my responsibilities and all my rights without delay. Signed, Henry Jekyll, M.D., D.C.L., etc., etc. I'm just going round to see Lanyon. At this time of night? A couple of questions for him. I need his medical expertise. Oh, he got over the wall all right, then passed out cold on the other side to be picked up by the porters in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. You didn't come to talk about college friends, did you? Well, in a way, I did. You and I must be the two oldest friends Henry Jekyll has. I well, don't care for the word old, but I see very little of him these days. Really? I thought both being doctors... Well, that's just it. Jekyll began to get fanciful, talking nonsense, scurrilous nonsense, unscientific. Well, if that's all... Don't make light of it. This was not just provocative talk, it was dangerous talk. Unethical. What did he say? Oh... He was obsessed with what he called man's dual nature, the struggle between good and evil. He said, with some disdain, how most of us settle eventually in favour of the good. With him, though, of course, it was different. The two sides of his character were so powerful that they could not be tamed. 
He seemed to take some pride in this, as though it made him superior to the rest of us. He even let me know that he had regularly given in to the dissolute side of his nature. Oh, he is a bachelor. He boasted of it, prancing about the room. Anyway, he'd come to the conclusion that in order for titans like him to live to their full potential, a scientific solution must be found. And? He was apparently engaged in some laboratory studies leading towards the mystic and transcendental. Don't ask me what he meant by that. I said his talk was fanciful. Did you ever meet a protege of his, Edward Hyde? Hyde? No, never heard of him. Right. In that case... What? If he be Mr. Hyde, then I shall be Mr. Seek. Mr. Hyde. What do you want? I see that you're letting yourself into this building. I'm an old friend of Dr. Jekyll's, John Utterson, solicitor. He must have mentioned me. Since this leads through to his garden, I thought you might let me in, too. Dr. Jekyll is not at home. Will you do me a favor? Will you let me see your face? So? Thank you. Now I shall know you again. And I you. Perhaps you should have my address as well, since you are a solicitor. My card. Thank you. Then should you hear something to my advantage? Well, I can't imagine that... How did you know me? Well, Dr. Jekyll... Never. Oh, please. You're a liar. That's no way to speak to... Liar. But Dr. Jekyll is my oldest friend. If I... he told you about me, then he's a liar too. You're both liars. Bloody liars. Mr. Utterson. It's late, I know, but is Dr. Jekyll at home? Uh, I will see. Uh, please, come in, sir. Will you wait here by the fire, or, or shall I give you a light in the drawing room? Here is fine, thank you, Paul. Pleasantest room in London, I always used to say. The stone flags, the oak cabinets, the carved walking stick I gave him. Sir? I didn't notice the menace flickering in the polished wood, the crawl of shadows hanging like cobwebs from the ceiling. Tonight there is a shudder in my blood. Even the walking stick looks like a weapon. The sight of Hyde seems to have infected my spirit, distorting everything. I am afraid Dr. Jekyll has gone out, sir. Ah. I saw Mr. Hyde come in by the old dissecting room door. Is that all right when the doctor is not at home? Uh, quite all right, sir. Mr. Hyde has a key. Your master seems to put a lot of trust in him. Indeed. We have orders to obey him. I don't think I've ever been introduced to Mr. Hyde. Oh, he, he never dines here, sir. We see little of him on this side of the house. Check. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Well... 
Only putting off the evil hour. Have you seen anything of Henry Jekyll lately? You know my intentions before I know them myself. Checkmate. Oh. What sort of trouble is it that Henry's in? Why do you think he's in any sort of trouble? He might be ill. If he were ill, you would have told me. You'd have gone visiting with a bottle of best single malt under your arm. Lucy, do you ever feel burdened by all the things you've done wrong? Things that you can't put right? Of course you don't. You're a wonderful woman. You wouldn't know what I was talking about. It's your goodness that makes you say that. Forgetting all about my failure to get on with your mother, my untidiness, my exasperation if we lose at cards. But no, I don't feel burdened. You are, of course, talking about Henry. He was quite wild when he was young. I'm not sure that he's ever repented. On the other hand, I don't think he'd care for his behaviour to become the subject of gossip now. Shakespeare had words for it. Shakespeare had words for most things. Reputation, reputation, reputation. From Othello. Oh, I have lost my reputation. I have lost that immortal part of myself. And what remains is bestial. Go, John. Go and see him now. Well, this is good. This is splendid. I can't tell you how relieved I am that you approve of this claret. I've just bought six cases of the stuff. Mighty rash of me. What would I have done, my dear old friend, if you had pronounced it undrinkable? Jekyll, I think we should talk seriously. This is serious. Good God, I'd have had to pack it all up in the hansom, gallop across London and throw the lot in the Thames. About your will? Oh, no, not that. But I was by the Thames the other day and I saw a raven. I thought it was a black seagull. Then I took note of the flapping. Seagulls don't flap. They glide. Must have escaped from the tower. Now, what if all the other ravens took it into their heads to do the same? We must lock them all up at once, or else sit back and watch the monarchy topple. Does this Mr Hyde know he is to inherit? What? I'm concerned he might grow impatient. Poor John. I've never seen anyone get so upset about my little notions. Unless it's that pedant, Lanyon, with his outrage at what he calls my scientific heresies. I don't think... Oh, he's a good enough fellow. There's no need to frown like that. But I do find him insufferably self-righteous. You know, I never approved of it. My will? No, I do know that. You told me so at the time. Well, I'm telling you again. I've been learning things about young Mr Hyde. I thought we'd agreed to let the matter drop. What I learned was appalling. What you learned was irrelevant. My position is... Well, it's a very strange one. Nothing can be resolved by talking about it. Henry, don't you know by now that you can trust me? Of course. I trust you more than myself. That's the truth. If only I could tell you. But it's really not as bad as you imagine. Any moment I choose, I can be rid of Edward Hyde. So can we just forget about the will? If you wish. Just one more thing I'd like you to understand. Yes? I take a paternal interest in poor Hyde. I know that you've met him, and I'm afraid he was rude to you. But I do know something of his circumstances, and I worry about him if anything were to happen to me. You're not here, No, right? no, no, no. I... Just promise me that if, if I were taken away... But, Henry... That you would look after his interests and make sure he gets what's due to him. 
I can't pretend that I can ever like him. I don't ask that. I only ask that you help him when I am no longer here. A full moon. It's like breathing with the earth. Peace shining everywhere. Good evening. Sir, excuse me. Glorious evening, in fact. And so late in October. Perhaps the last that we shall see. The moonlight catches the water like... It's at moments like this I wish I were a poet. How about you, sir? What? A young man like you, I'm sure you write poetry. I have better things to do. Good night. Can there be a better thing than to express the beauty of God's creation? God is nothing but an invention. An instrument of repression used by pedants to stop the rest of us from living true to our natures. Your experiences have been sad ones, I'm sorry. But God's forgiveness is infinite. Now save your superstition for yourself. You should be in your grave. <coughs> Left to rot! <coughs> Inspector, this is the body of Sir Danvers Carew. I was afraid so. But as to motive... Robbery? His purse and gold watch were still in his pockets, along with a letter addressed to you, Mr. Utterson. He was a client of mine. I imagine he just slipped out to post it. He could have waited. A routine matter. Such a frenzied attack. It suggests revenge, hatred. Sir Danvers hadn't an enemy in the world. I should like to speak to the young maidservant who witnessed the crime. Everything touched with silver. I've never felt more at peace. Never thought more kindly about all the people on the earth. And this old gentleman, his hair was silver too. That's what he was saying, as though he was speaking my thoughts for me. He was shrunken, you say. <laughs> shrunken with wickedness. Mm. And drunk, maybe, or, or mad, I, I don't know. He, he just exploded like a great ball of anger, kicking in and hitting the old man with his stick as though he had to beat all the goodness out of him. This stick, you have it here. What's left of it? It's quite unusual, all that carving around the handle. Hyde. He must have stolen it. Who? I gave this to, uh, to a friend, oh, some 20 years ago. I think I can take you to the thief's house. Yes? We wish to speak with Mr. Hyde. This is where he lives? It is where he lives, yes. It is important. He isn't here. He came back last night very late and he was gone again in less than an hour. I see. No, you don't. 
I hadn't seen him for two months till yesterday. Then may we see his rooms? No, you may not. This is Inspector Newcomen of Scotland Yard. Oh, is he in trouble? I knew it. Unusual for a man to ransack his own home. He lived in some style for a common criminal. Almost as though someone else had arranged the place for him. This painting of the Thames, I remember... Don't tell me, it's another thing you gave to your friend. Like the stick? No, but I've seen it before. Talking of the stick? What have I found? The other half of it. And over here... See, he's tried to burn the evidence. But not quite succeeded. His checkbook? He must really have lost his head. What's a man going to do without money? Tell me what he looks like. I'm not sure that I can. It was months ago. All I have is an impression... That'll do. ...of deformity. No, not physical. Of evil. That's not exactly a description, sir. This mutual friend, perhaps he could be... No, some... no, I don't think so. Dr. Jekyll was already in the laboratory when we got up this morning, and he's been there all day. There's a door at ground level, isn't there, that opens onto a street market? Yes, sir. Thank you, Paul. Henry! Henry! Henry. No. Not ill. Just, uh... My dear old friend. How the sight of you always cheers me. You've heard about Sir Danvers? The newspaper sellers were crying it in the square. Sir Danvers Carew was my client, but so are you. Tell me you've not been mad enough to shelter the man who killed him. John, how could you think such a thing? I'm finished with Hyde forever. Oh, thank God. He doesn't even want my help. I hope you're right. If it came to a trial, your name might appear. There won't be a trial. I have grounds for knowing that, but I can't share them with you. There is something, though, on which you may be able to give me professional advice. I received this letter today and don't know whether to show it to the police or not. You're worried it might incriminate him? No, I don't care what becomes of Hyde. I was thinking of my own reputation. Dr. Jekyll, whom I have so unworthily repaid... Gone where no one will ever find me. Your good name secure. Signed, Edward Hyde. Well, that puts a better colour on things. Have you the envelope? Uh, I burned it. But it had no postmark. The letter came by hand. Shall I keep this, then? I want you to decide everything for me. I've lost all confidence in myself. Was I right in thinking that it was Hyde who dictated the terms of your will? He planned to murder you, Henry. Don't you realise what an escape you've had? Escape? <laughs> yes. And a lesson. Oh, God, John. I'm so sorry. Good night, sir. Good night, Paul. Oh, um, by the by, 
a letter was handed in today. Can you remember what the messenger looked like? Nothing came today, sir, except by post. And only circulars at that. I can't stop thinking about poor Sir Danvers. The man who did it... I suppose he was under the influence of alcohol or some drug. He'd have to be mad in some way. Do you think so? I have a letter here from a Mr Hyde. There. The signature of a murderer. Tell me what you think. Well, not mad, but very strange. Immature. Come in. Oh, thank you, Griffiths. Sir. Well, there's a surprise. Who's it from? Henry Jekyll. A dinner invitation. Are we free the Saturday before Christmas? I do hope so. It always used to be such fun. Lucy, what is it? Look. The invitation in the letter. Henry's writing is upright. The murderer slopes backwards. But in every other point, the two signatures are identical. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. <laughs> <laughs> what a good evening. I can't remember when I last saw Henry in such form. Just like the old days. There is, yes, a new lightness about it. Now, Henry, you promised. No, 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 yes, no. Yes, you did. You promised you'd give us a soda. <laughs> Just one. Uh, a song from my childhood. Oh, yes. We used to spend our summers in the Scottish Highlands. <clears throat> Ye banks and braes, O oh bonnie doon, how can ye bloom so fresh and fair? How can ye chant ye little don't forget to wish him a happy new year from me. I will, of course. Although it hardly seems necessary. I've never seen Jekyll in such good spirits. Did Susan give you the two jars of marmalade to take to him? Yes, yes. Cook's only just made it. Henry loves her marmalade. Something to look forward to when he gets back from his early morning walk. He's actually taken his own advice and walks everywhere now. He says he enjoys it as much for the people he gets to talk to as for the exercise. Morning, Paul. I'm sorry, Mr. Utterson. The doctor is busy today. I trust I've called at a more convenient time. Sir, I'm afraid Dr. Jekyll is indisposed. I do hope the doctor is feeling better. My master has told me to say that he is seeing no one. Dear Lanyon, you are one of my oldest friends. And although we may have differed on scientific questions, there was never a day when if you had said to me, Jekyll... My life, my honour, my reason depend on you. I would not have sacrificed everything I have 
Dear Lanyon, although we may differ over scientific questions, you must believe that on this very subject, I trust you as no one else. That is why, laboring under the deepest darkness of spirit, I ask you for help that no one else... My dear Lanyon, out of the depths, I appeal to you for the love of God. Only you can help. Sorry for calling uninvited. I'm worried about... But you look tired. I'll come back another time. I wouldn't do that. You'd likely be too late. It's my heart. I've had a shock. You should be in No. I need to stay alert. <clears throat> what is it you came to tell me? That Jekyll is also ill. I wondered if you'd heard from him. I don't wish even to hear his name. What is this? Ask him. Well, he won't see me. There you are. One day you'll learn the rights and wrongs of it. By then I shall be dead. Ah, life was pleasant. I liked it, yes. Now I know that if we saw the darkness at the centre of every smile, we should be glad to go. Thank you. Your letter. How could I refuse? Marmalade. <laughs> From Lucy. How kind of you both. Uh, there's a chair somewhere under those papers. Oh. I wrote out of concern for you and for Lanyon. Uh, that quarrel is incurable. I shall not see him again. Nor... John, you mustn't doubt our friendship if I don't see much of you either. I must be left alone. To go my own way. This is depression talking. No. Henry, what's happened to you? I was born, perhaps. And to every advantage. Rich, naturally studious, with a deep desire for approval. Privilege can be a burden to someone who takes its obligations too much to heart. I had this fault, you see. A certain... Impatient gaiety. You were only a boy. It mocked everything I knew was required of me. It was your innocence, Henry. I learned to hide it behind a solemn demeanour. Perhaps that was a greater fault. I grew up with a morbid sense of shame and the awareness of being two totally different people. You mustn't blame yourself. I don't now. In fact, now I know that if I had had the courage to express my true character when young, I would have saved myself and those around me from torment. When I left home for university, I used this hidden personality to indulge in less than innocent pleasures, meanwhile maintaining strict religious observance. Your friends loved you. <laughs> Which one? The man that spent drunken nights with prostitutes? Or the hypocrite? I never had any friends. How can anyone be my friend if they don't know who I am? Do you really think we'd condemn you for a few wild nights? 
Can't you see that it's the exacting nature of my aspirations, rather than any extremes of appetite, that have made me what I am? A soul divided. I'm no less myself when I plunge into the darkest excesses than when I work to relieve suffering. And my studies confirm the truth that man is not one, but two. My dream was to separate these warring elements within myself, each housed in different identities. But how? Then a light began to shine upon the problem from the laboratory table. Certain elements, I discovered, had the power to shake and to pluck back the fleshly clothing. I could be free to be whichever one I wanted, free from restraint, free from guilt. You are ill, Henry. I knew that even if I could make such a drug that by taking it I might risk death. And yet, I had waited so long for release. So, once I had prepared my tincture, I bought a large quantity of a certain salt from a wholesale chemist. The final ingredient. And you took the drug? Yes, I took it. And? As you say, I am ill, poisoned. Is there no antidote? Only time. They say time heals all things. Almighty God, our brother, hasty Charles Lanyon, and we commit his body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's sad not to see Henry Jekyll here. He's still unwell. But only a week ago, you were saying, John, what's the matter? Lanyon has left me a letter. I buried one friend. I fear that its contents could cost me another. Private, for the hands of J.G. Utterson alone. Not to be opened till the death or disappearance of Dr. Henry Jekyll. Disappearance? seems Mr. Hyde has gone for good. Wish I could be so certain. Perhaps he... <laughs> you think he might appear out of thin air? No, no, I was thinking about Jekyll. He spends all his time up there in his laboratory. To see a friend might do him good. Oh, there he is, at the window. Like a prisoner in a tower. Jekyll! How are you? You spend too much time indoors. You should be out in the fresh air. Whip up the circulation. Hey, come on, get your hat and take a quick turn with us. I should love to, but I don't take the risk. It's good to see you, John. I, I should like to ask you both out, but the place isn't fit. Oh, my cousin, by the way, Richard Enfield. We've met. I don't think so. No, we have. I remember your face. It was... Where? No, no. I'm wrong. I, I, I've never seen you before. Jekyll, what is it? No, please, no. Don't worry, we'll come up. No, don't. Don't. Ah. 
Pawn to king four. Ah. There. Would you like that move again? What? Pawn to queen's rook four. You want me to take the centre? Oh. Yes. John, this was meant to take your mind off whatever you... What was that? What's going on? Paul, this is hardly the way... Sir, forgive me. John, can't you see he's upset? Is it Dr. Jekyll? Yes. You know how he shuts himself up? He's been like that for a week now. I don't like it. Be explicit. What don't you like? I haven't seen him to speak to. Not at all. Not since he asked me to take the cheval mirror from the blue bedroom up to the laboratory. What are you on that for? I have no idea. I'm frightened, sir. Very frightened. There's been foul play. What? I own. Gently, Mr. Paul. Try and tell us. I daren't, Mum. But if you come with me, Mr. Utterson, you will see for yourself. Mr. Utterson, sir. Asking to see you. Tell him. I can't see anyone. Was that my master's voice? It seems changed. Changed? I should say so. Dr. Jekyll's been murdered. A week ago we heard him cry out to God for mercy. And now his killer's taken up residence in there. Pacing the floor night and day. What on earth could persuade the killer to stay? It doesn't make sense. All this last week, whatever it is that lives in there has been crying out for medicine. It was always Dr. Jekyll's way to write his orders on a piece of paper and leave it on the stairs. Well, this past week, we've had nothing but notes and a closed door. These orders, what has he asked you to do? I've been sent flying off to every wholesale chemist in town. And whenever I bring the stuff back, there'll be another bit of paper telling me to return it. Then another order. He's desperate for some drug. Do you happen to have one of these notes? Uh, Yeah. The man at Moore's threw it back at me, like so much rubbish. Dr. Jekyll reiterates that the last sample is impure. Dr. J originally purchased a large quantity from Mrs. Moore. He now begs them to make a search. For God's sake, find me some of the old. It's as though he lost control of the pen, but this is certainly the doctor's writing. I've seen him. Seen who? The murderer. 
I'd just come into the dissecting room from the garden. He must have slipped out to see if his drug had arrived. When I came in, he gave a, a kind of cry and, and ripped back upstairs. It was only a moment, but my hair stood up like quills. Paul, are you saying that you recognised him? You mean, was it Mr Hyde? Then yes. Did you ever meet him? Once. So you will know that the sight of him brought a chill to your bones. And when this creature jumped out from the shadows, there was that feeling running down my spine like ice. I know it's not evidence, but I'd swear on the Bible it was Mr Hyde. All right, I believe you. I believe poor Henry has been murdered. So... Let our name be vengeance, because I intend to break down the door. I'm with you, sir. Jekyll, I demand to see you. We suspect a crime has been committed, and if you don't open the door, we shall break it down. For God's sake, have mercy! That is not Jekyll's voice. It's Hyde's. Come on, Paul. Down with the door. <coughs> Again! Go, Paul. Sir! Go. Now. Henry? You don't recognize me. I thought not, but... My two selves, I flicker between them. Soon, both will be free. What do you mean? The experiment I told you about, the special salt, I added it. The chemicals erupted. I stood watching them as they boiled and smoked. Then I picked up the glass and drank. And? Pain. A grinding in the bones. Nausea and horror. A horror of the spirit beyond imagination. Then suddenly... It was as though I awoke from a mortal sickness into the sweet light of day. I felt younger, happier than I had ever been. The bonds of obligation had been broken. I was conscious of a heady recklessness, a current of sensual images rushing through my mind. A new freedom of the soul. I stretched with the sheer exhilaration of it. And I saw my hands. You have good hands. Smooth, trustworthy. Is that how you would describe these? I... In here, there was no mirror. Outside, trees hacked out of darkness against the dawn. A stranger in my own house, at last I reached my room. Looked in the mirror and saw for the first time... Edward Hyde! He was smaller, slighter than my usual reflection. Younger, yes, but already with the imprint of degradation and decay. Horrible. No. What I felt was a leap of recognition. This, too, was me. The wild, exciting part that I'd suppressed all my life. As Hyde, I was about to explore every fantasy I'd ever had. Lust, dominance, torture. Edward Hyde was pure evil. And you embraced this? Oh, yes. But the second and critical part of my experiment had yet to be tested. Suppose I'd lost my identity forever. 
So, hurrying back to the laboratory, I once more prepared the drug and drank it, once more suffered the racking pains of dissolution, and came to myself with the character and face of Henry Jekyll. Yet you did not decide to put an end to it? I can't tell you, John, how bored I was with my life. Growing older only made me more angry at the restrictions closing in on me. I would feel merrily disposed at times. My pleasures, to say the least, undignified. Now, I had only to take the drug and instantly throw off the body of the respected doctor and assume like a thick cloak that of Edward Hyde. I laughed whenever I thought about it, and I made plans. I rented a house in Soho, let Hyde be known to my servants, and wrote my will in his favour. Those things taken care of, I no longer existed. The pleasures which I rushed to indulge were, as I said, undignified. But soon, in the hands of Edward Hyde, they began to turn towards the monstrous. Now, things I had never even thought of. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. Things I so enjoyed. I lived in wonder at my vicarious depravity. Yet whatever Edward Hyde had done, I simply had to take the antidote and he would pass away like a stain of breath upon a mirror. And then one morning... <gasps> my hand, my hand. Coarse. Coarse and knotted. Knotted. Covered in hair. Dear God... Edward Hyde! I have become Edward Hyde! I dressed and slipped out of the laboratory. Within half an hour, I was sitting down to breakfast as Dr. Jekyll again. But I knew the power of the drug was declining. I was having to take more and more of it as Hyde began to dominate me to the point of spontaneous change. I had to choose. I chose the path of righteousness. But I neither got rid of the house in Soho nor destroyed Hyde's clothes. Eventually, in a moment of weakness, I took the drug again. My devil had been caged for too long. A glorious evening. Perhaps the last that we shall see. A young man like you, I'm sure you write poetry. The beauty of God's creation. God? Save your superstition for yourself. You should be in your grave. <laughs> Left to rot! I broke Sir Danvers as a sick child breaks a plaything. But in the height of my delirium, a cold terror gripped me. I saw my life was at risk. <laughs> Don't you see I'm busy? It's so late. Is there anything I can Get back into your room! Now, 
Break my heart, thou opening bird. Thou minds me, oh, departed joys, departed never to return. an end to all things. It was a bright January day. Regent's Park was full of winter chirrupings and the scents of spring. I sat on a bench in the sunshine, the animal within me licking the chops of memory. I smiled, comparing myself with other men, the robustness of my good works as against the cruelty of their indifference. And at the very moment of that arrogant thought... A panic swept over me, nausea and shuddering. It left me faint. And then, as the faintness subsided, I became aware of a growing boldness, a contempt for danger. My clothes hung loosely on my body, and the hand on my knee was hard-knuckled and covered with black hair. My reason wavered. How was I to get my drugs? I was now a murderer. If I entered the house as Hyde, my servants would call the police. And that's when I thought of Lanyon. I hurried to an hotel. Dear Lanyon, you are one of my two oldest friends, and though we may differ over scientific questions, if you fail me tonight, I am lost. This is what I need you to do. Drive straight to my house. You will find Poole waiting for you with the locksmith. The door of my laboratory is to be forced and you are to go in alone. There you will see a cabinet from which you are to remove the fourth drawer from the top. You will know if you have the right one by its contents. Some powders, a file and a notebook. Take this drawer, exactly as it is, back to your house in Cavendish Square. Then... At midnight, I ask you to wait alone in your consulting room. Oh. Not what I call medicine. And his notes. Single, single. Dosage. Single, single, single. Double, double, triple, triple. Total failure. Are you from Dr. Jekyll? So you're shaking. The medicine. Come, let's do this properly. Sit down and tell me what's wrong. Excuse my rudeness. Blame the urgency impressed upon me by Dr. Jekyll. 
The powder's over there. <laughs> Have you a measuring glass? Here. Would you like me to leave before I drink it? Think carefully. Or you can see ripped open before you the whole new world of knowledge to blast the unbelief of Satan. You speak in riddles. So, you who have denied the possibility of transcendental medicine, behold. and got into bed. So deep was my gratitude for my escape that it almost resembled the brightness of hope. I was strolling across the courtyard after breakfast, enjoying the sting of frost in the air, when once again I was seized with the spasms that had attacked me in the park. I only just had time to reach the laboratory before I was raging with the passions of Hyde. It took me a triple dose to bring me to myself. And then, six hours later, as I sat staring into the fire, the pangs returned, and I had to take yet another. From then on, it has only been through the escalation of the dose that I can remain as Dr. Jekyll. If I close my eyes for a moment in my chair, I wake up as Hyde. I'm consumed with fever. The powers of Hyde seem to have grown with the sickliness of Jekyll. He scrawls blasphemies on the pages of my most treasured books and is stamped upon the portrait of my father. If it were not for his fear of the gallows, he would long ago have ruined himself in order to ruin me. But his love of life is wonderful. And knowing how he fears my power to end it all, I find it in my heart to pity him. Until now. Gentle. For God's sake. Time fails me, John. The store of the special salt has run low. It is only with the aid of the last of the old powders that I have been able to explain all this to you. I have made my decision. Soon both of us will die. Jekyll and Hyde. I only ask that it is before I take on that monstrous personality forever. No. Please. Father in heaven, have mercy. This is the true hour of my death. No. Henry, give me your hand. Together we will... Together. Yes. Never. And so, the life of Henry Jekyll and Edward Hyde comes to an end. Thank you. 
In Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson, dramatized by Yvonne Antrobus, Jekyll and Hyde were played by Adam Godley, Utterson by David Horovich, Mrs. Utterson by Christine Kavanagh, and Enfield by Mark Straker. Dr. Lanyon was played by Sam Dale, Poole by Joseph Kloska, Sir Danvers by Ian Masters, The Maid by Emma Noakes, and The Housekeeper by Bethan Walker. The director was Claire Grove. <laughs>